Hello, and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators. Your hosts are Ava Thanheiser, myself, Dusty Jones, and Joel Amadon. Joel is doubling up as a host and guest today. Today, we are talking with Dr. Naomi Jessup, who is an assistant professor at Georgia State University, and Dr. Sandra Crespo, who is a professor of mathematics education at Michigan State University. We're talking uh, to Naomi, Sandra, and Joel because they were the panelists for the opening session at the 25th Annual Conference of the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators. This session was titled 2020, Perfect Vision, Perfect Hindsight. We are ready to reimagine mathematics teacher education. Are we ready to reimagine mathematics teacher education? And this podcast is meant to offer additional thoughts on the prompts for the session and to offer folks who were not able to attend the conference a peek into the session and the fireside chats that extended the conversation. So welcome, Sandra, Naomi, and Joel. Can you each take a minute to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Sandra Crespo, uh, pronouns she, her, hers, or ella en español. Uh, I am a professor in, uh, at Michigan State University. Uh, my work entails um, working with pre-service teachers and preparing them to be future teachers of mathematics, and also with doctoral students and master level students. And my scholarship is focused on educational justice in the context of mathematics education or the equity preparation of future teachers of mathematics. Hi everyone, my name is Naomi Jessup. My pronouns are she, her, Aya, and um, I am an assistant professor at Georgia State. I um, teach mathematics content and uh, methods courses in our bachelor's program. And I do a lot of work. I'm really interested in uh, supporting teacher learning and um, professional development, particularly around teaching practices that are justice oriented. So um, I'm really excited to be here. And I also engage in uh, working research around uh, looking at parent social capital and mathematics educations and how we can um, build and leverage that. And my name is uh, Joel Amidon. And outside of being uh, the co-host of this uh, podcast with uh, Dusty and Ava, I get a chance to be a uh, associate professor at the University of Mississippi, where I pri deal with the preparation of teachers primarily through elementary math methods and like to think about uh, what does it look like to teach mathematics as agape or considering unconditional love as kind of that driving force in, in the teaching of mathematics and then the teaching of teachers and how to teach mathematics. So there we go. We're super excited to have all three of you here. Thank you so much for making the time. And before we start, we want to take a moment to acknowledge the work of the planning committee for this wonderful virtual conference and to acknowledge the group that led the efforts in organizing the session. Dr. Megan Birkin, Dr. Megan Burton, Dr. Kristen Lessig, and Dr. Marielle Myers, who expertly moderated the discussion and always asked Naomi to go first. 
So can we just start by summarizing what the session was about for those who either weren't able to go to the conference or who have a short memory and don't remember everything? Um, well, I guess I'll jump in and start. <laughs> so I think part of the opening session uh, was kind of doing a couple of things. We wanted to, um, we sent out a survey to uh, gather from the membership to get an idea of some of the issues, challenges, questions that they had um, as we were thinking about what does it mean to uh, reimagine our work moving forward. Um, and so part of that was just raising those ideas up. But then for us, as we have collectively had conversations, um, given our own like perspectives, institutions, contexts, um, theoretical underpinnings to really kind of think about how the membership thought about these questions and then our own perspectives on that. So we centered around five main ideas to help drive that conversation. So I'm gonna hit it off to someone to add more to what we talked about. I'm also going to, to remind us that um, one of the things that happened was that to set the tone for the session was a video that, um, that uh, the, 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 uh, the committee who put together the panel uh, uh, was able to put together with some music as a way of reminding us the year, um, the horrible year that we're all living and still continue still to be a part of our daily life, which is this horrible pandemic uh, and all of the, the fallouts that have come with, with this as well. Um, and, and that was really important because Part of this is in the, you know, acknowledging the context uh, and the historical moment that we're living and the need to uh, not continue to think about uh, going back to normal or this idea of uh, going back to what it was because what it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't very good necessarily for a lot of people. And so this has become, uh, uh, part of the theme of the panel, which is the notion of reimagining uh, what needs to happen next, because going back to what where we were at, or maybe the ideas of reimagining that we had uh, uh, before this pandemic happened, maybe uh, those uh, need to be reconsidered as well. Uh, maybe we hadn't, we haven't gone far enough in our reimagining of what needs to happen. Uh, for mathematics education or for for uh, preparation of future teachers in general um, as well. So go ahead, Joel. Well, I was going to say, I mean, just from the, the video trying to, I mean, I think the video was a nice, I don't know, metaphor or whatever. I mean, just like that video was not, it kept getting added to like, hey, we have global pandemic. And then thinking about what was happening with Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, like all those, you know, issues are coming up and then we're thinking as we go all the way up to a few weeks before with the insurrection at the capitol it's like there was like the the video keep we needed to keep putting these things on the in the video of to know what what was 2020 and where are we reimagining 
from is like setting the stage for this. It was, you know, and, and we kept having these conversations and like, well, we need to see what happens in a few weeks. What happens in a few, it was like perpetual, like, you know, having ideas about what we wanted to say, but not knowing like what was going to happen uh, in the next week or so. It was just, there was um, just a lot of, and just going back to the, the, you know, the committee that planned this session is just, they put in a lot of work and being thoughtful about the process and helping us ground ourselves in not only, you know, what was happening, but also what was happening in the membership too, and making sure that those voices were being heard and put into those different categories that we'll, that we talked about during the session that we can talk about in just a little bit. Yeah, I was just going to add, I think that's so important to bring up is also as we talk about the session or things that um, came up for us is just the idea that we were constantly trying to keep our hands and pulse on what was actually happening, not only within math ed, but also our larger context that also influences like what we're doing in math education. So um, while like a lot of the people may not have known all of the behind the scene things that were happening in our meetings, we were really trying our best to um, stay attuned to all of those factors so that as we engaged the membership, it didn't feel as though we were um, not acknowledging um, all of the things that have been happening with us um, because they are a part of us and are you know influencing our everyday work with teachers um, or in, in their institutions. So shall we go through the um, five points that were mentioned, um, maybe one by one to kind of think through what you wanted to add that happened between when you gave the presentation and now, including the conference or yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds um, good. So let's let's start with the first one, which is doing equity, social justice, humanizing, and anti-racist work in mathematics teacher education. Joel, do you want to start us? One of the things to bring up was some of the other talks, the um, main keynote talks, one by Marta Seville and one by Dorothy White. And that idea about the kind of work that they did and the kind of, you know, the talk that they did and the word that kept sticking out and I have it written in red right in this, I have a notebook with my notes on these uh, topics, but the word hangout and like doing the work within communities or within schools. And like, as we're thinking about teaching teachers is how do we, or, you know, in doing some of the research or just, you know, professional development or whatever, whatever that work is, like you have to build the relationship, right? You have to build the, and part of how you build the relationship is spending time with people. And so hanging out, that hanging out yeah. sort of thing, like Dorothy talked about hanging out in classrooms and, and, you know, committing herself to a classroom for, I think she said three years and being at consistent presence to not only be there for teachers, but be there for students and thinking about, and I mean, thinking about doing that in a uh, physical sense. I know I've missed out on this year of hanging out in classrooms, just not being able to be present in, in those spaces. But as 
hopefully in, in the future years, like we have or future year, we can start doing that again. But just that ability of being there and being present and like offering yourself not as like, hey, how can I intervene in this? But how can I partner with you in certain things or with Marta, when she was hanging out with this group of mothers and, and being a part of their lives and thinking about how does how how can her expertise in mathematics offer something to that relationship is just that idea of hanging out and just, I kind of want to dive back into that more. Cause I've, you know, I've seen that, that, you know, having kids and being able to be in schools and I've seen the power of hanging out and building those relationships and just, I don't want to communicate that to others. Like, it's not just about inserting yourself in a relationship, but building a relationship, right. Building those relationships. So that's a very important thing. I think in this, this humanizing side of this work of uh, teaching math teachers. Yeah, I was just going to say, as you were talking, Joel, it made me think about um, like the theme of humanizing um, really was standing out to me. And for us to really think about our work in ways that are humanizing for the um, pre-service teachers that we are working with, the teachers in schools and even the communities. And how can we um, kind of shape this model of like product versus product or like this model where it's like we're just going in to get something to help fulfill our own research agenda or needs but like what does it truly mean to like partner with work alongside view people in ways that um, are asset based um but not looking at them from a very capitalistic perspective where it's something that we want to get out of them. And I think um, I really appreciated um, those two talks because I think it resonated with a lot of the things that um, were mentioned in the opening talk when we were thinking about ways to do um, humanizing work. Um, And so like Sandra, if you want to go on, like I, I know I, I'm still thinking about some of the questions that you pose, but if you have something you want to add before I just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, the, um, I really, again, appreciated the, uh, um, both of your perspectives and the perspective of Marta and, and Dorothy's talks. When, um, when I responded to this question, the, 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 um, the thing that, um, that I responded to was uh, with regards to, to uh, our own identities as mathematics educators and the recognition that uh, we have a complicated relationship with the, uh, as mathematics teacher educators, both with, with, with the mathematics side of things and with the education side of things, right? And so coming to that acknowledgement that we are within a discipline that itself has to be uh, has to recognize the damage that it has done uh, to 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 students in many ways in terms of uh, being a gatekeeping tool or in terms of the oppressiveness of the subject that sometimes get enacted in classrooms. As um, as I think about um, in particular, the thing that came to mind, which I didn't quite share um, at the talk, was. Uh, when the pandemic, when all the, the students, the undergraduates were sent home uh, from our institution, my daughter is an undergrad at MSU, so I could see it from both perspectives, from the perspective of being a mom of an undergrad at 
the institution that I worked with as a teacher educator, right? And so, and my daughter is studying to be a biosystems engineer. So uh, one of the classes she was taking was Calc 3, uh, another one on chemistry, another, I can't remember which ones there were, but the thing that struck me was uh, the, the math classes that she was taking, the professors had spent an inordinate amount of time worrying about the cheating that would happen during the test. They had to have the camera recording, they had to have all of these policing of students' bodies and behaviors and the dehumanization and the distrust that students will cheat to get ahead. It, it just, it, it was mind boggling to me as an educator, that this was the experience, that this was the first thing that it occurred to my colleagues. Uh, and I'm not just singling out the math department because that happened in other departments too. But it was just mind boggling to me that that was the first thing that they needed to worry about. And so in some way I sort of had to think about, you know, as a math teacher educator, I have to think very hard about the the complicated relationship that we have with mathematics as a subject that really is quite uh, oppressive in the first place. Uh, and it's sort of, I mean, there is something called math anxiety. Have you heard of language anxiety? Uh, I haven't. So the point is, is that the, the subject is associated with a lot of trauma, okay? And so we have that going against us. And then we also have in the sense of the education side of things, we also have this issue of education as a colonization project or an assimilationist project. So we have to work against those two things at once. And do we know to do, to do those two things at once? You know, perhaps I can do it well in one side and not in the other. And so that's, that was sort of going on all at once in my head and how can I just express it and say it? So in my mind, the only thing that I could say is, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding about adopting this anti-racist label uh, onto ourselves? Are we ready for all of what that means? Do we really know what that means as mathematics teacher educators? So I'm sorry I couldn't just get all of that out um, but that was sort of how, how I was thinking about that question, even though I do think that we are so far ahead of where we have in the past been, but that said, we have a long ways to go still to get to where we need to go in order to really authentically and readily embrace these anti-racist pedagogies. So that's how I was thinking about this. I hope this is clearer now. <laughs> so I didn't know what you, like the backstory, but I was thinking a lot about, you kept saying that, like, like really, are we really ready to engage in this work? And I think that's a, a serious question to ask because I think it has a lot to do with us being reflective, um, like reflective practitioners. We talk about that as, as teacher educators that we want our candidates to be reflective practitioners, but are we doing that? And are we doing that type of reflective work using critical lenses that will allow us to see the carceral pedagogies 
that are, are practices that you're talking about. And that's the part that I am still like wondering about, like what else is it or does there have to take for us um, as math teacher educators to see the connections and the parallels of what's happening in our country and society and how that also is showing up in what we are doing as we are teaching, whether it's a mathematics uh, class or um, a methods course, like, or even working in schools with parents. And that's the thing I'm still just thinking a lot about, like, how do we, how do we do this work? Um, Because I, I, I can say, Sometimes I think about um, in the work of like Theo Hams. She does work on um, like identity development and particularly like racial identity development amongst groups. And so she talks about like um, the different ways that we and our identities um, take up certain ideas, especially as it relates to race. Uh, and so I just wonder um, about how our own identities, racial identities, positionalities, all of that is really compounding what we are willing to or want to take up or push, but then how do we have those conversations? So I'm still thinking about the importance of doing this work in the collective because we can't do it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. We we shouldn't because again, we have very narrow views oftentimes. and so I, I just, I don't know, but just know, I've, I, I keep thinking about that. Like, are we ready? And we need to be ready because there's an urgency um, that needs to happen. But how, how do we move collectively is still my wondering. Well, yeah, and, and there's so many different contexts in which the work needs to be done. I mean, that's what, I mean, the layers of math teacher education and thinking about it from, well, what are we trying to do within, you know, K-12 classrooms, what are, what are we trying to promote? What kind of, you know, teaching are we teaching our teachers how to teach? And then thinking about it from the university classroom or even thinking about it from clinical instructors. Marielle, when she was a, a guest on this podcast, she talked about the experience of her placements and thinking about, well, what kind of placements are we putting students into? Like, and there, so like all these different, you know, avenues or, or yeah, con- avenues, contexts that we're, that this work needs to be done. There's, but it has to be done. There's it's work. It, it's not, it, we, we know we can't just stand still. And so like, that's, that's the thing going, standing still just means you're going with the flow and that's, that's not where the flow is not where we want to go right now. So we want to push in a, in a direction that of our choosing. So Naomi, when you were talking, um, following on Sandra's, are we ready? I was thinking to myself, well, are we ready? And if not, how can we get ready, right? We need to move towards that. So let's move to the next point, um, which you addressed, which was working with parents, caregivers, families, and communities in math teacher education. And I know, Joel, you already touched on that a little bit with your hanging out. so I'm just going to jump back to you if you want to get started on this question. I think this just has come around and, and I'll, I'm going to point, I'm going to give a shout out to Naomi, her podcast on the Heinemann episode on the Heinemann podcast. I, I just, if you haven't listened to it yet, I'm going to keep promoting that thing um, for the, you know, for the love of math. Right. I, I believe is the title of it, but it's on the Heinemann podcast feed. Um, 
search Naomi Jessup. And, um, and the, the conversation that you had, um, about, you know, just thinking again, it's thinking about the work in different spaces, right. And thinking about it, what, what are we doing with, uh, how is the current way that math was being taught within the pandemic situation? Like the, those things rippled within me and thinking about all these, how are we flipping on sensors to pay attention to, um, these different ways our work is impacting these places, or how are we not paying attention to parents, caregivers, you know, families, communities, and like that. And, and, and I, I got to thinking and, and I had an email exchange with, with somebody about like the fact that, you know, some of the stuff that I've been exposed to with like some of the work at Wisconsin and thinking about the teach math group and like, Hey, if you're going to do a lesson plan, you got to put it in a context, think about community. We're going to, we're going to work with a student to get to know them first before we think about their math knowledge. And almost like, we're going to, it's almost an assignment where you're hanging out with a student before you engage in the math. And it's like those sorts of things, but maybe those aren't as widely thought of in, in, when we're thinking of math teacher education. And so, you know, that, that sort of, I don't know, mantra that's been kind of embedded in my training as a doc student, like how, it, how do we promote that out there to know that, you know, we're, we're not, we're not serving our communities well, unless we are considering them within everything that we do. Right. And, or parents, caregivers thinking about the context, um, you know, and we're seeing that right now too. We're, we're seeing, you know, with current, I don't know. We just in our state, we just lifted a mass mandate. Is that is that a consideration of all parents, caregivers, families, communities when we're just going to lift that uh, immediately? I don't know. It, it just got me thinking about that. But it's, it's consider it's that consideration. Is that is this a part of what you do as a math teacher is considering this work with these uh, populations? Yeah, I was just going to add when you were talking about your various experiences um, and how like your research experiences and how they have shaped your thoughts about your work. And I um, coming from working with um, CGI scholars, um, mm -hmm. one of the things that was very important is this idea of like listening um, and, and learning to value um, whatever knowledge people bring to the table. And so for me, I, I think that's very important when I'm in, when working and engaging with parents to listen, to not walk in with assumptions, um, but to also think about the same way we talk about like building on <laughs> like kids understanding how am I building on the knowledge and experiences of teach of of parents, um, how am I seeing their capital? Like all of that is very important. And I think, um, in especially during um, when like schools where everything was virtual and there wasn't really a lot of communication with parents. It was, I think for me, very important to like, just talk to and listen, like what's happening, but then also think about what do I have the ability and power to do within my own little small sphere, you know, fear, sphere of influence. But I will say one thing that I was really excited about uh, at AMTE was the ink, like seeing sessions that were connected with uh, parents, caregivers, even uh, parent um, scholars, like there are several sessions 
Um, and then there's a Facebook group that started. And I know there are lots of other groups or other things that are happening. Um, and so to me, that's encouraging that as a, as a, as a membership that we're starting to um, think beyond uh, just maybe the areas maybe that we have before and that we're thinking about working with uh, along, like working with the alongside parents. So I just wanted to give that shout out um, because, and, and also there are other groups that were doing the midst of the pandemic, like research groups that were putting out resources and hey, how to talk about math with your children. So um, sometimes maybe things like the pandemic cause us to recognize certain things. Hopefully we don't have to keep having major life things that cause us to uh, recognize the value of certain groups. Um, um, however, it is, it is nice to see that we are opening up our lenses to, um, to caregivers and parents. Yeah. Uh, my, I'll, I'll focus on the, the teacher preparation curriculum uh, in, in our methods courses, you know, and, and so thinking about the ways in which we make visible to our teacher preparation students, how we're drawing from the funds of knowledge of the communities, of the schools in which they're placed. You know, we, we are doing that implicitly. You know, we all used to teach math. Uh, some of my colleagues are from that project and we have them there. But I, I, one thing that I think we can do better is to make sure that our curriculum and pedagogy, the one that we're modeling for our students, makes visible the ways in which we are using the funds of knowledge of the communities in which our institution is placed, right? And so I think that if they are not seeing us doing what we're asking them to do, you know, it's again, the same case of sort of uh, not, not doing what we're preaching or, or sort of do what I say, but not what I do. And so, uh, being more more intentional about making sure that that is uh, something that we make uh, visible to our pre-service teachers. So that's sort of one way in which we can move forward. And the other thing that I was thinking with regards to this is that the mentor teachers are uh, crucial on this. Uh, our work as mathematics teacher educators uh, I mean, to me, the, the most, um, the best methods courses or the best teaching I have ever done is when I partner up with the, me the mentor teachers of my students. When I have run study groups alongside of my methods course in which I am in conversation with the mentor teachers that are hosting our, our teacher candidates in their classrooms. So bringing, bringing them into the conversations with us and, and, and back and forth is also another, another thing that we need to figure out how to do better um, in terms of being able to give a consistent message about the importance of the community forms of knowledge and the ways in which you know, we're all partnering in, 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 in developing this curriculum. So 
due to time, I'm going to read the next three points um, all together, and then I'm going to have you guys respond to those um, as you would like. And this time, my plan is to start with Sandra, just so I'm dividing it up evenly who gets to start. There we go. So the next three points were broadening pathways and pipelines to math teacher preparation, reclaiming our profession from privatization and corporate interests, and instructional practices in math teacher education. So Sandra, small question here. Oh, very, <laughs> very small. Yes. Uh, the meaning of life and how to, <laughs> to do this. Um, I'll, I'll focus on the broadening the pathways and reclaiming our profession because I see those two as related. Okay. So our profession does not reflect the population of students that we're teaching in, in K-12 or, or in pre-service or in our institutions. So, so that's how I'm seeing those two things connected, which is that we are missing the perspectives of communities um, uh, in, in our profession, right? And we have lost the perspectives of communities that have been erased from the history of our profession uh, that we need to recover and be able to, to find out the, the best practices or the teaching practices of, um, of black teachers in, 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 um, in black uh, schools, black student schools, right? Uh, historically, um, that knowledge we've lost. Uh, we don't know how uh, what were uh, some of the practices that could we could have benefited from uh, from from those teachers as as a field? Because you know when when schools got resegregated, um, uh, desegregated. I'm sorry, and and integrated the the teachers in in primarily black schools were not integrated into the the the, the profession. So that's super important. And so how do we correct this? How do we broaden the pathways uh, towards teaching? Uh, and it, it's again, looking at the community uh, and, and figuring out who in their community is already uh, a member of, uh, of the school, either as a prior pro, or it is interested in, in pursuing education as a second career or as the first career. Uh, uh, it's unclear you know, how people become parapros or become interested in being part of the schools, but there, there's community members that are working closely with the schools that could potentially be, be, become part of, uh, of our profession. Um, identifying early, it's never too early to identify students who who have the potential to become teachers in the future and, and the morale of the, the profession. Uh, in, in, in not only the status of the profession, that's different because I, I don't know of anybody who's decided to go into teaching because they thought that they were going to get rich. That has never been a motivation for those that, that decide to be teachers. Not that I'm saying that teachers shouldn't be paid for the, 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 their rightfully for their labor. But certainly that is not the first thing that people who decide to go into teaching have decided uh, that that's uh, the reason for why they're going to teaching. So, 
So identifying early the students that have that vocation and that have that interest. And this last thing that I'm going to say is regarding what we value. If we say the, for sure that what we're interested in is, is uh, future teachers that are going to um, to have a social justice and equity lens in their teaching, then that has to be uh, a way of identifying and a way of, uh, uh, of, of figuring out what, who are the best people to come into the profession. We can't say uh, that only those that have a strong preparation in the content that they are going to teach are the ones that, that are ready or that are the best teachers. Because if we say that you cannot teach what you don't know, then you cannot teach for equity and justice and anti-racist math education if you are unaware and don't have the skills nor the knowledge or dispositions to do so. So that has to be treated equally. And I think that's one way of broadening our, our, our pipeline. So with that, I'll pass it on to whoever, uh, either Joel or Naomi. Um, so as you were talking about the, the pipeline and thinking about, you know, the knowledge base that we maybe have lost um, in terms of like whose voices or narratives are we listening to? It actually reminded me of, um, of a paper that, well, one of the work, um, of Toya Jones Frank, who has been trying to capture um, narratives and stories of, of Black teachers, mathematics teachers. Um, and I know she had one paper that came out about thinking about the racialized factors um, and why Black teachers are, you know, math teachers were considering leaving their profession. And so it made me think about, um, I had the pleasure of working with two other colleagues, Ruth Maciers and Lou Matthews. And we um, wrote a, a blog about this idea of reimagining the STEM education pipeline specifically for teachers of color. And some of the things that you were saying, um, Sandra really resonated. And I just like thought about this idea of, we want to like our student population and our teacher population, you know, population, it, it does not match, but we do have a pipeline that is, that is broken, but we, we always espouse these views of wanting to increase uh, diversity. However, oftentimes like the environments are not conducive <laughs> for survive for it's more conducive for survival, but not thriving. And so, um, anyhow, I, it just made me think about that as you were talking about how can we do this and where do we start, but trying to think about how can we do things early on. So I know I had mentioned um, our role as math teacher educators in the ways that students are even experiencing mathematics um, in our courses and how that also can reflect how our teacher candidates take up those practices that go into classrooms. So like we have that responsibility, but also there are things that we can do outside of our programs to really help us think about how are we tackling, like engaging in communities, thinking about long-term actions that actually will support students um, in K-12 who want to engage. 
and education. And so, yeah, I already mentioned, like, how do we really think about the dehumanizing practices and conditions um, that you even mentioned um, for your daughter? So, like, how can we work to, like, really reconstruct and, like, deconstruct how we are engaging in teaching, um, particularly mathematics, so that we don't have people who continue to have trauma, who don't want to go into the field. But then what are we also doing to help create support mechanisms? Um, I'll just say support is so important, like I'll continue to talk about community. And I think those are some of the things that we can think about doing that will help some of the issues related to um, our, our pipeline for math teacher education. But I, I don't know, I, I do, I, I like to stay hopeful, um, but I do wonder like, you know, again, what can we do collectively to like sit down and really think about our programs, um, our courses, our policies. Those are the structural things that are causing pipeline issues. Um, and so we have to be willing to engage in those hard conversations um, versus like having a program. Programs do one thing, but we need to really attack some of the institutional and structural mechanisms that are impacting our pipeline um, that may not also help us to broaden who we could even consider, uh, you know, supporting math teaching um, and learning. Yeah, I and just, I guess, tack onto that. I mean, just, you know, I think one thing I said is during the uh, talk, we talk about, you know, pathways is like, if we're going to be, if we want to bring people into our field if, if, to become math teachers, like, how are we, are we, is it a welcome, is a welcome mat laid out for it, right? Are we creating like a space that people want to even enter into? And so thinking about the kinds of things that we're doing, I think, in this past year, we've had kind of a shock to the system just in from a very practical and like even leaning on this instructional practices uh, prompt, um, thinking about even just what we do within our, if it's math teacher preparation or clinical uh, experiences, and just thinking about what what we had to deal with and that shock to the system, like, oh my gosh, that won't work anymore. Be and because I'm I know what my students are going through because of that. I know that this is not going to work for them or this um barrier to entry is not going to be there. So we actually remove that barrier. And like thinking of all these things that we did within this, you know, the the year that was 2020 that we you know reacted to within our instruction or with our policies and things. And like I guess my feeling is like let's not lose that let's let's re you know as we're reimagining math teacher education let's think about what are the lessons that have been learned either from a very practical standpoint from what we do in the classroom like wow i got to make sure to build my relationships with my students what are the, the extra things i've been doing to figure out how to know who my students are and what they're dealing with and like let's not lose that when you know when, when the masks come off you know like let's let's make sure that we're 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 still thinking about those spaces and how to make them uh, a part of, you know, something more humane, right? That we're not, that, that, you know, we're, we're understanding that math teacher education uh, is a, uh, and, and doing mathematics is a very human thing to engage in. It's, it's a messy thing to engage in that we just need, we need to remember that and, and bring a part of those relationships and who people are into the classrooms, into our um, methods classrooms and whatnot, and not lose what we've learned during this past year um, in re well, reimagining what we do. So. So I feel like it's if it's okay, I'm 
shamelessly going to plug um, uh, a chapter that nice. um, <laughs> Jennifer Wolf and Crystal Kellenick Craig and I are working on um, that's coming up. I think it's a series of online research. Okay, I'm going to mess it up. I apologize. I should have had that ready. But it really is talking about this idea of rehumanizing mathematics, teaching, and online spaces. Um, so I think, as you were saying, like, one of the things that we really talk about is, like, in the pandemic, it pushed many of us to think about our practices and, and how to engage um, in rehumanizing ways. Um, and so while many of us we'll go back to teaching um, face-to-face at some point. There's a lot of, there's still lots of uh, courses that are taught online. So how can we continue to foster community um, in online spaces? Like that's very important in particular, also face-to-face like, and how do we engage and push against a lot of what Sandra was talking about in terms of carceral pedagogies, in terms of how we try to police ways that students should show up in a mathematics class, whether it's content or methods. Um, anyway, so as, as you were saying that, I was like, yes, we really need to think about how are we creating spaces and like mathematics spaces that are spaces of belonging, spaces where students can bring their full selves mm-hmm. um, in doing this work. Um, because like those are the things that will help sustain us. And then also because we, Mathematics in general has so much of like a status uh, that I think we we lean so much on that status of that is mathematics and we don't think about the actual people when we are teaching mathematics. So um, I, I, you just said that prompted me to think like, yes, like there are people who are thinking and doing about thinking about this work. I mean, there are several people, um, but I wanted to just plug that. Nice. Thank you, Naomi, for plugging that chapter. And we will have show notes as we do for all podcasts and we'll link everything that was mentioned in today's episode on the website. Um, As in the panel, you all are amazing and I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much um, for joining today. Thank you. Thank you. This was uh, this was wonderful uh, to, to have an evolving and continuing conversations and, and hope that it will continue uh, with more, you know, sort of spreading out conversations. So thank you for the opportunity. I want to say thank you all. Um, as I am a junior scholar, continuing to learn and grow from all of your wisdom and just um, just I thank you all for your graciousness and and even in our interactions. It's been wonderful to um, think alongside you all. And so it also gives me hope for um, just how we can engage in in the field in general in terms of um, how, like, I just appreciate how within our interactions, there were not issues related to like status or power. Um, And so we just really were learning from each other. So I also hope that our interactions here and at the um, session also are like just um, a reflection of how we collectively can engage across, you know, all of our various years of knowledge and expertise. Amen. That's good.
Thank you. And um, thank you again for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We hope that you're able to implement something that you just heard and take the opportunity to interact with other math teacher educators.